0: Blob Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Petrone. Another week, another dollar, another week of fury, fire and fury inv- involving Donald Trump. Uh, I get sick about t- talking about Donald Trump. He's too much. I think we all get sick of hearing about him radio, TV, newspapers, magazines, but the man makes news three or four times a day. You've got you to gotta run to keep up with them. let me tell you. There are other things going on in this world, though, other issues that should be discussed, and we're not getting to them because he dominates the news so much, not with the good things he does necessarily, but with the bullshit he, he perpetrates upon the American public and upon the world. I'm going to start tonight with uh, some Trump issues, but primarily non-Trump issues, and then get into them uh, later in the show. It would be wrong to avoid Donald Trump because he is making news 88 times a day. It seems. I want to talk about civil disobedience. Yeah, it's a good topic to start with. I want to I want to lay in some quotes here tonight by Thomas Paine. Thomas Jefferson, St. Augustine, and it all has to do with civil civil disobedience. Civil disobedience rumbles through our society today. One example is what's going on in California. Attorney General Sessions has brought the might of the federal government down on California via a federal lawsuit. Legal and public opposition to the suit is guaranteed. People do not like being imposed upon by their government. Think about it. The California issue has to do with sanctuary cities. California is a sanctuary state. It will not, I repeat, it will not assist the federal government in rounding up certain illegal immigrants for deportation. Many cities throughout the nation have labeled themselves sanctuary cities, all considering the federal government off base in seeking a city's assistance to arrest and deport persons they do not believe should be deported. The people speaking, that is what a sanctuary city is, the people speaking. Now, the lawsuit's weak that Sessions has brought. Substantively, it is weak. The president forgot, because let me tell you something. His legal advisors suck. That's why the president has lost so many lawsuits along the way, or he's won a couple. But overall, he's lost, what, 90% of the various things he's tried to do. Uh, In this instance, the president and or his advisors forgot there is another branch of government called Congress. Trump's signature on a piece of paper, okay, is not enough to bring the power of the federal government down on a sanctuary state or cities. Without first congressional passage of a bill approving what the federal government considers should be done with illegal immigrants. In other words, for Trump to act, he needs congressional support in the first instance. Trump's legal beagles, in a hurry to do their master's bidding, failed, once again, to do things properly. The legal analysis, I leave for another day this evening, I want to approach the issue of civil disobedience from the philosophical perspective. Thomas Paine said, and I quote, these are the times that try men's souls. These are the times that try men's souls. Thomas Jefferson said, and I quote, if a law is unjust a man is not only right to disobey it, he is obligated to do so. I repeat, if a law is unjust, a man is not only right to disobey it, he is obligated to do so. And then there was St. Augustine, and he said, and I quote, that which is not just seems to be no law at all. That which is not just seems to be no law at all. An unjust law, This is what I believe. An unjust law is a perversion of the law. Law is supposed to stop bad things from happening, not make them happen. People have refused to obey, support laws wrong in their essence many times in the past. Significant examples include the Boston Tea Party, Gandhi in India, and the Birmingham protest marchers. It all turns on morality. Sessions suit is immoral. Its basis immoral. The people of California are right in saying no to it. Yes, the people of California are right in saying and that's my thoughts on civil those are my thoughts rather on civil disobedience. Now I want to stay with that issue for a moment. You know that Those who enforce the federal immigration laws are are known as ICE, I-C-E, the initials for their federal agency. And this thing has become more prominent, more prevalent in our thoughts, uh, sanctuary cities and so forth, because of what occurred in Oakland, California last week. Uh, James Schwab is a spokesman. A representative, a staff member of ICE, working out of their San Francisco office, he quit ICE yesterday. He quit ICE yesterday. Now, why did he quit? He said, "This is a you know full-time federal service, civil service employee." He says he can't put up with the spreading of falsehoods from Donald Trump and Attorney General Sessions. He said that the information they have been spreading against Oakland and Oakland's mayor, Libby Schaff is misleading, misleading. And where is it misleading? If you recall, there were, they were going to arrest 1,500 people, 1,500 people in a one-night raid in Oakland, the Oakland area and other parts of Northern California. Oakland mayor uh, Libby Schaff. Was aware of it, became aware of it, and went on TV and went to the media and says, "Watch out, folks! They're coming out tonight to arrest you. Be careful. Hide." In effect, so instead of arresting one one thousand five hundred people, they only got to arrest like hundred and fifty people. Their numbers were exaggerated to begin that they were looking for one thousand five hundred. It was about twelve hundred. But the big problem was. The ICE people came out the next day. Attorney General Sessions came out the next day. Trump representatives came out the next day and said 864 people were not arrested because of what Oakland Mayor Libby Schaaf did. Okay? She warned them. Now, Schwab, this fellow who resigned, because he said, the number's nowhere near 864. They made up the number. They are making up the numbers. Nothing was that big in that raid, And he couldn't take it, so he resigned, okay? He says he doesn't agree with the, what the mayor did, Libby Schaaf. She should not have warned the people. But nevertheless, he said, and I quote, but to blame her for 800." Dangerous people out there is just false. Because the federal government sessions, Trump, they're saying these 800 people, they're bad people. They commit crimes. And he says to blame her for 800 dangerous people out there. It's just false. And so the man apparently is one of character, and he resigned. Which, I want to go to robots now. Remember, I haven't talked about robots in a while. I have been writing And talking about robots going on three years now. And my concern has been this they're coming. (laughs) They're taking over jobs. And our government, our unions, our people are doing nothing to retrain people so they can have jobs when they lose their jobs because the robot can do it quicker and cheaper. Very simple. And so let me share a couple of things with you that happened. First, I want to tell you about flippy flippy. The robot flippy is a burger flipping robot. Okay. Uh, his job is to the burger at a burger house. That's his sole job. Cook the hamburger. He can cook. He's equipped to cook 2000 burgers a day. Apparently that's a big number. Uh, this Flippy uh, was tested by the Cali Group, C A L I, in Pasadena, California. They have several hundred hamburger houses. They're like McDonald's. And uh, they said, gee whiz, you know, we're going to put out all these hamburgers, and one day it's going to be terrific. And the robot saves us a lot of money. Uh, well, turned out they had a shut the robot down after two days because things were not working as anticipated. And it had nothing to do with the robot. The robot was doing his job. He was turning those burgers out one after another. The problem was with the human employees working before him and after him. In other words, the human employees could not keep up with him. The human employees who prepared the patties for grilling The human employees after the burger was cooked, who piled on the lettuce and other fixings, couldn't keep up with Flippy. He was too fast for them. The system broke down. And why did it break down? Because we've created the robot, we have not trained the people who are going to work with the robot how to do it. Perfect example. Now I want to talk about robots and the steel industry. Robots and the steel industry. Because we're getting a lot of misrepresentations and lies from Trump and the federal government. We're getting a lot of false impressions, inferences, and etc. Understand this. Trump wants to raise... uh, He's going to put a tariff. He's implementing a tariff on steel of 25%. A lot of money. going to make it expensive for certain uh, countries. So here's how it works. 30 years ago the steel industry had 188,000 employees. Stay with the numbers. 30 years ago, 188,000 employees. Today, they have 86,000 employees. In spite of the fact that they have 86, only 86,000 employees, the United States steel industry today produces as much steel as, they did, as it did 30 years ago got it, they produce as much steel, and they're doing it with less than half the workers they had back 30 years ago. Uh, Catherine Rambles is a Washington Post columnist, and she wrote last week uh, that they're able to do it with half the workers, and I quote, primarily because of technological advances or to oversimplify robots. And other robots are doing much of the work in the American steel industry. But no one worried about what do we do with those employees that we no longer need. We, we must retrain them to do other jobs within the steel industry or even outside the steel industry. So nobody worried about them, what I've been complaining about for two years. Three years. No one worried about them. And now you've got all these steel workers that have been out of work for years. I, I'm not laughing, but no one pays attention. You know, there's cause and effect to everything, and no one paid attention to it here. She also said, Catherine Rambles, and I quote Don't blame China and bad trade deals, Mr. President. Blame the robots. Don't blame uh, China and bad trade deals, Mr. President. Blame the robots. And she's right. We don't look at these things. So Trump gets up there and says, and because the union's crying, uh, and their workers are out of work. But no one paid attention to retraining. Now these people are out of work. The industry itself is not complaining. They're turning out as much steel as they ever did. They're making their dollars. It's the workers who have lost their jobs, again, because the federal government, the union, and the steel industry itself did not worry about retraining the workers for other physicians. This thing at Douglas High School in Parkland, where 17 were shot, what, 10 days ago, two weeks ago, that has started a furor that will not die, these, young, these high school kids. Let me tell you something. It's a momentum. It ain't going to be stopped. They're just going to come on. Uh, And eventually they will succeed, not this year, but they will succeed. Look at all the years. Uh, Various people have tried to uh, put a control on the use of guns, et cetera, et cetera, and have been defeated consistently because of the power and strength of the NRA and the politicians who suck up to them and do what they want them to do because they enrich their war chest. They make contributions in big excess. Uh, What was it? The NRA gave thirty million dollars to Trump's election campaign in twenty sixteen. Uh, the, the John McCain, who I respect very much, or was shocked when I read this and I've shared this with you in the last couple of weeks, has received during the course of his uh, professional career in the Senate seven million seven hundred thousand dollars. Another United States Senator six million nine hundred thousand dollars. Uh, this is this is crazy. All that money. And when you get that kind of money, of course they're going to vote that way. That's human nature. No one is that perfect. So where am I now? I want to talk about what happened again at Douglas High School. This has nothing to do with the NRA and money. It has to do with police officers and who did their job and who didn't because this whole thing has a lot of fruitcakes working, nutty people. You recall that the first police officer, the only police officer on duty, heard the gunshots, ran to the building, and never went in. He never went in. He's the only one there that can protect under th- almost 3,000 kids. Sure, he's going to get shot probably, but that's his job. He took his pay all these years. Now was his moment. This was his time. I don't care how you cut it, it was his time. He had a responsibility, this child, these children. If he only saved one life it was worth it. But he panicked. He since resigned. He didn't go in. Two others showed up from his department. They called in as they were approaching the buildings, and they were told by the police officer they talked to, don't go in. Again, I don't understand this. Form a perimeter. How the hell do two cops at a school that's a campus holding 3,000 students form a perimeter with that many buildings and land and acreage around? But don't go in. Form a perimeter. Shots are going off. People are being killed. Don't go in. Police enforcement doesn't look good so far. Now, I want to tell you a story about two police officers you haven't heard about, and they are members not of the Douglas High School, uh, whatever police enforcement they had, not of the Parkland Police Department, but of the Miramar Police Department, Miramar Police Department, a community very nearby uh, where the Douglas High School was. Two members of the Miramar Police Department, both detectives, both members of the SWAT team, both with their guns in the car, heard over the radio there was a shooting at the Douglas High School. They were nearby. They immediately went to the high school. Makes sense, doesn't it? These are two cops, different jurisdiction. What difference does it make? There's fire. People are getting killed. There's gunshots. They rushed over. Now, I don't know what they did when they got there. News sort of died around this thing, okay? But they got suspended for going. Suspended. And they were suspended because protocol what a nice word, within the Miramar Police Department, uh, requires that these police officers first get permission from a superior officer to go out to outside their jurisdiction to assist someone else. Now, I can understand rules and rules, and you've got to have technicalities, or you can't run a shop. On the other hand, uh, suppose this was wartime war time they're on the battlefield these two guys and they did something that was against the rules but by using initiative they thought they could accomplish a good result and they did we'd be giving them medals even though they broke the rules well these guys broke the rules they showed initiative but these were unusual circumstances whether they had the time didn't have the time they went to the school right away ready to do whatever they had to do and for that they have been suspended Amazing, isn't it? All right. I want to talk about religion. I'm going all over the place a little bit tonight. I hope you're enjoying, but there are sometimes things we got to talk about, like civil disobedience at the beginning of this show. Sometimes we have to label what is happening correctly, let it be representative of what is occurring. That's why civil obedience is the issue in California. Now I want to talk about religion. I I spoke about this about three weeks ago on my uh, Facebook, T. West Lou Live video on Facebook. I did two or three minutes on that, and I'm not even going to do that long tonight. But here's what I want to say about religion. Religion is dying, my friends. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You can see it all around you. Church is closing, fewer priests, no nuns. I'm talking from a Catholic perspective. But even with the Protestant, the evangelical, Jewish synagogues, everything is coming down. Everything everything's being downsized because people aren't paying attention to religion as they did. Religion is either becoming or has become not relevant, not relevant. Now, those who are still religious are senior citizens. Uh... Whether it's nostalgia or they're close to meeting their maker, senior citizens are the most religious of our group today. The younger the people, the less religious they are, okay? Uh, The less religious they are. In fact, there are more atheists today than there have ever been in our modern era in this country. Atheists, but this is all over the world today, too. More atheists today than ever before. Uh again you can see with the school closings, religious school closings, church closings, fewer priests, uh nuns, by God, you had nuns all over the place. You see so few these days. Women don't go into the nunnery anymore. right a cousin who went in at fourteen, spent her whole life as a nun, loved working for God. Uh but they don't do it anymore because religion isn't what it was. Now, my only hope is, and my question is, because oh, I'm 82. I'm one of those old people, but I still don't go to church. I stopped going to church when I was in college. Uh, I'm a fallen away Catholic. I believe in God. I believe I'm going to meet somebody afterwards. Uh, what it's, he's going to be or she's going to be or it's going to be, I'm not sure. But I don't think it ends here. I think we go on. Or maybe I hope we go on. I don't know. But I still believe that I don't go to church. But I'm one of those seniors, and so I believe Uh, but I know from some of my own children, they don't pay any attention to religion, don't send their children uh, to Catholic schools or to Catholic church. (laughs) I mean, religion isn't part of someone's life. When I was raised, it was part of my life every day. I'm a product of Catholic grammar school, high school, college. When I was in grammar school and high school, everything surrounded the church, your social life, your academic life, your family life, everything had to do with the church, but it isn't here anymore. Now, I raise the question, is it cyclical? Because most things come back again. Everything goes around and comes around. And I'm hoping someday religion comes back, or maybe it never will. And it will be a different world 100 years from now. Which now brings me to another sad situation. I want to talk about student debt the money these kids borrow to go to college. Let me put it in perspective first. The total student debt at the present time in the United States is $1.5 trillion. $1.5 trillion. That's what these kids who borrowed to go to college now owe the federal government. and Not that they owe and are paying. They owe and are in default. 1.5 1.5 trillion dollars. Putting this in perspective, the Iraqi war only cost us 1.3 trillion dollars to fight. Uh, we owe more; the kids owe more than that. In default, they're behind months or years. And another thing, you have to see how the government plays with these numbers. The government puts out a financial statement. We have a financial statement, the federal government. It's lengthy, and it has, you know. Uh, It has a balance sheet uh, which shows assets and liabilities. And guess what the number one asset on the balance sheet of the United States of America is? The number one asset, the biggest asset of the United States government. The $1.5 trillion in debt, in default, owed on student loans. That $1.5 trillion comprises 30% of the asset portion of the balance sheet, 30%. Do you think those kids are ever going to pay up? Do you think that, I'll tell you now, if 5% pay, that's going to be terrific. They can't afford to pay. And here's what Lewis thinks about all this. Number one, we should never have had the program. It came at a time when the liberals, and I'm a liberal, uh, but I didn't, preach for this then i don't recall preaching for this issue i didn't pay any attention to it that was the problem uh everyone should go get a college education well kids can a lot of them can't afford it well if that's the case the government will get involved we will guarantee the loans to the banks etc and we'll loan the kids money room board tuition books everything we'll cover everything they go to an office they sign a piece of paper we cut them a check uh I never had this when I went to college. It didn't exist. But I went to college. I worked my way through seven years of school, college, and law school. And I'm proud of it. I am proud of it. But I wasn't alone. I've got to say, probably 75% of my fellow students across the country worked their way through college. There were very few of us back then who had the parents who could afford to pay our college bills, especially all of them. It just didn't happen, and you got two or three jobs a week, yes, a little job here, a little job there, and you had the money, and you paid it. You busted your ass, and on the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, I was working 12, 14 hours a day in the meatpacking house instead of vacationing and having a good time because I could make a ton of money. Can you imagine working 12, 14 hours a day, and it was time and a half after eight hours? Terrific. Anyhow. Uh, So that's one of the the issues. Now, so the kids borrowed. The the colleges and universities are complacent in this whole thing, too complicit rather in this. They became pigs. They said, hey, gee, now these kids have a source of money. We can raise tuition. We can raise the cost of room and board. Who the hell is going to complain? The government isn't paying attention. No one's paying attention. These kids come in. They need money. We'll raise the tuition 5%, 10%. And they did this like every year. And the cost of room and board. So now the cost of an education became, oh, so expensive. All right? But the burden wasn't felt yet because no one was paying back. All right? Now comes the time these kids are graduating. They got to pay back. They can't afford the pay back. Very few will ever make the money, sufficient money to pay back. Don't forget, when you're a young person out of school, your life is starting. First it's the job. Then it's a woman. Then you get married. You have a family. How are you going to have a family if you can't afford to feed them? How are you going to have a family if you can't afford to buy a new house? You think a bank's going to loan you money if you owe $150,000 on your college loan? Their lives can't go on as they should. One of the persons to blame for this is Clinton. Clinton, when he was president, pushed for this program. He did a good thing. The only I don't know if what I'm going to share with you now happened because he couldn't get the bill through or he thought it should be done, but anyhow, it's the only debt not dischargeable in bankruptcy in this country. In other words, if you owe $100,000 in school debt and you file bankruptcy, you can't get it discharged. You still owe the money. So there's no sense in going bankrupt. Uh, and the government's a pig in this, too. Let me say it. Because the government gets a piece of the action. That's the only way to describe it. The government gets a piece of the action. Last year, the United States government took in $44 billion as their cut of the action in the student, debt, the student loan program. Now, that isn't fair. The government should take anything, and they did this for the benefit of the kids. So that's what's going on there. I don't know where it's going to end. Uh, I know I have a son-in-law who graduated a doctor, owed around two hundred thousand. He and my daughter paid it off, but it took him years, and it was a heavy burden. Well, that's the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed enjoy preparing this show and sharing my thoughts with you. I look forward to your comments that come. Some of you agree with me. Some of you disagree with me. Those who disagree abuse me terribly some days. But, but I guess that's life. Uh, my book, Irma and Me, is selling. I've got to say it. I'm proud my first book didn't sell. If you don't have it, buy it. Irma and Me, you'll enjoy it. It's humorous as well as sad. Uh, You can get it through Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Watch my Key West Lou Live video on Facebook every day. It's two or three minutes, but I cover some items, and I hit them square between the eyes. I tell what I think. I may be wrong. People disagree with me there, too. Anyhow, glad to have been with you again this week. Please return next week. And that's it this week, my friends. Good night.